Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. the PHNX Suns postgame show brought to you by the DraftKings Sportsbook app, America's top-rated sportsbook app. Don't forget to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts and leave us a five-star review. I'm Lindsay Smith here with Espo and Big Sus. Alan Williams is in the house to help us break down tonight's game after the Phoenix Suns defeat the New Orleans Pelicans 114-111. The series is now 2-1. Gentlemen, how are you feeling after this game? Well, no one said it'd be easy, and it wasn't. <laughs> Actually, I did say it would be easy in the pregame. <laughs> Oops. Uh, no, look, DeAndre Ayton, we talked about it early, came up to play. I'm, pl- I'm feeling great. You see DA play the way he did, uh, and Chris Ball do Chris Ball things. You got to love it. Yeah, it has to be a really inspiring moment for Phoenix Suns fans. Anybody that was going into this game with a little bit of hesitation or a little bit of worry on if the Suns can get this done without Devin playing. Uh, I think that can go out the window now, and I think that, uh, in all honesty, you you got to give DA the bag. It's, yes. it's, it's time for that. This discussion has been has been had all year, and uh, the, the, the guy deserves the bag. Anytime you go out there and you put up numbers like that, in a game where you have to win and you have to be the guy because your star is down, uh, to come up clutch like that and play really well is amazing. And then, of course, Chris Paul just doing Chris Paul things, man. Like, yeah. That's what he does. And we're going to break it all down right now. But first, Espo, take us to the bar. What are we drinking tonight? Let's go to the bar. We're drinking a big old dominating daiquiri tonight. <laughs> that's it, right. It may be pink. It may have a, a little uh, umbrella in it. But it is fantastic. And it kicks some ass tonight. Yeah. A, little, a little nasty, if you will. Oh, that was yeah. nasty. We needed DA <laughs> to be nasty. And he, he brought the nasty today in, in the Big Easy, so he, he, did. he did his thing. He finished with 28 points, 17 rebounds. That 28 points was a playoff career high for DA. Uh, we knew coming into this one that somebody was going to have to step up. We knew it had to be a full team effort, but specifically, I feel like a lot of the pressure was on DeAndre, and we may not have really discussed it on the pregame show because we already know that everyone knows the pressure is on DeAndre, and and he showed up big. And honestly, as we'll talk about Chris Paul here in just a second, but DeAndre Ayton is what kept them in this game that allowed Chris Paul to come in and do his thing and close it out. Without DA, this game would have been a whole different story. Yeah, the 28 and 17 is impressive, but really, what caught my eye. Three steals for the big man, too. Everywhere. He did everything you could ask. He came up big. He understood the moment. He understood that Devin Booker wasn't there, and it was his time to shine. He did it on both ends of the floor and uh, helped on that rebounding, which they had been struggling in. Yeah. Uh, he, he was in that first half just a, a work of art, a yeah. thing of beauty. I think anytime you can get a plus 18 from your center <laughs> with 17 rebounds and 28 points, yeah. uh, you're, you're, you're probably going to win that game. And I just think that they played them straight up one-on-one. There was a couple of times where I think the referees may have missed a couple of calls on his drives to the basket. But he played through the contact. His touch was amazing. His, uh, his catching the ball today was, was tremendous. And you could just definitely tell that he, he took his time this game and was really locked in and focused, read the scouting report, and really, really executed it well today. Oh, 
and did we forget another DA3? That's two oh, now gosh. in this series. Two DA3s in the playoff, and I'm here for it. And both of them looked effortless at the top of the yeah. key. Didn't hesitate, just got it and shot, because he knew they had, they had sagged off of him into that key, and he had the room, and he's going to make him pay for it if he's that open. Don't got to shoot a bunch, but the ones you take, make them. Makes yourself look good, and it yeah. gets you some more money at the end of the day. Exactly. Uh, if Da added that to his bag, like on a consistent, regular basis, yeah. which I feel like they're kind of working to, yeah. because correct me if I'm wrong, but in game one, it almost looked like that that three was a play called specifically yeah. for a Da three. Yep. So I don't know if that's new. You tell me. In the, earlier in the regular season, were the did it feel like the threes were play calls, or was it no. just he found himself in a good position? I think he found himself in a good position. A lot of times it was the uh, no, 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 yes, yes, oh, okay, kind of situation. Now there's confidence in him being able to yeah. do that. It doesn't look forced. It's happening in the rhythm of the offense. So I think that's why Monty's rewarding him mm -hmm. by setting him up in those situations and doing it purposefully. For sure. I mean, he works on them. You see clips of the guys shooting after practice, and you know he puts in a ton of work on his jump yeah. shot. And like I said, it's not something that you need to do a lot, but the, do, the times that you do get a chance to, to take that shot, knock it down in the playoffs and have a big game, uh, what a night for DeAndre Aiden. And just really, really happy for him and, and, and for Suns fans moving forward because he looks like he's caught his stride. Yeah. He, go ahead. I was just asked for a big man. What, what feels like more of an accomplishment? Getting those points or getting those 17 boards? 17 boards for me. Who are you asking? You know, <laughs> I'm, 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 the I'm, king I'm, of rebounding yeah, I'm here. Say, I'm, I'm Mr. Double-Double himself. So anytime a big can go out there and really impact the game on the on the offensive and defensive glass the way that he did, uh, I just think it gives your, your team so much more breathing room and so much more confident to play harder on defense knowing that if that shot goes off, somebody's going to be there to get it and we're going to be out running yeah, after we, that. We said defense was sexy in the yeah. pregame show. Rebounding is, too. Don't worry about it, Alan. Hey, I wish it was more sexy. Maybe if it was more sexy, I'd be playing on, on this side of the water instead of the other one. But, we'll, but no, we'll work definitely. on it. We'll make that we'll trend. Get there. Yeah, we'll get there. No Put problem. it out there. Put it out there. Um, okay, so I know that you've been in Russia for a while, so I don't know how much Suns basketball you've been able to really watch over the years. Yeah. But DeAndre Inns' uh, little floater there. How much are you enjoying? Or no, the hook shot. Yeah. The hook shot. That thing's kind of become like, Money. that's his go-to thing. No, I mean, he uses his size. He's, he's taller than most bigs that he gets a chance to play against. He's got a nice wide frame as well. And when he gets his shoulder in front, he can put that hook over the top of that, that, that right ear and get it dropped down in there. It's money. It, it shows his touch. You're Willie Green. You watch this film from tonight. How do you adjust against DeAndre Ayton in game four? What do, you, what do you have to do to try to stop those kind of things with, if you're the Pelicans? So obviously Willie has insight because he was an assistant coach here. So mm -hmm. he obviously knows DeAndre Ayton's game pretty well. Um, if I'm Willie, Outside looking in, you would think that you want to go and double right away because he, he just kicked your big's butt all night long. I think if you're Willie Green, you have to think of two things. Jackson Hayes goes out of the game earlier than you expect him to, which is not in the scouting report, which is not on the piece of paper that you carry around <laughs> you your back pocket. You can't game plan for that. You can't game plan for that. And so I think that with Jackson Hayes and Valanciunas continuing to play him one-on-one -on -one and say, hey, look, DA, if, you, if you're really that bad, show me again. And I think DA can do it. But if I'm Willie Green, I, I, I got to see it. Yeah, it makes sense. Yeah. All right, we're going to go ahead and give our draft king, uh, king of the game to DeAndre. And because of all the things we just talked about, well he finished with a playoff career high 28 points, 17 rebounds, 13 of 20 from the field. Congratulations, DeAndre. And you did it tonight. And we want to see it again on Sunday. Please, please, please. Uh, Alan, the, look at the monitor there. What do you think of the crown placement on DeAndre? I want, I want honesty on this uh i think if it was da wearing it it would probably have a couple of more stones in it because i know he's a yeah, big hey. diamond guy it would definitely have some more stones yeah. in it and it may be tilted slightly back into the side i'm not sure so, which side whether left or right we but like, i think he'd, he'd swag it out for we sure like, we like to call it crappy crown placement ah. uh, by, <laughs> by our crew i love or, shit. no knocking the crew, crown crew. Placement. Awesome. it's up to you y'all are awesome y'all are awesome but that awesome. might be something we should have done for playoffs maybe we'll have to do from here on out bling it out get a blinged out crown bling it out. everybody I, mean, it's playoffs. I am so about that i will everybody make that happen. got it awesome there you go shane awesome. we're gonna get a blinged out crown moving forward all right guys you know the nba playoffs means next level basketball we're gonna talk more about that in a second but if you want to get in on the action with draft 
DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. This week, new customers can bet $5 on any team to win and get $150 in free bets Just instantly. Wow. Yep, that's it. $150 wow. in free bets no matter what. So download the DraftKings Sportsbook app, use the promo code PHNX, bet $5 on any NBA team to win their game during the first round of the playoffs and get 150 in free bets instantly. Plus, each day of the first round, get a risk-free bet up to $10 if your same game parlay does not hit. That's promo code PHNX at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. Just a reminder, that is 21 and older only, Arizona only. Gambling problem, call 1-800-NEXT-STEP. New customers only, minimum $5 minimum deposit. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. All right, let's talk a little bit of CP3, the point god who came in during crunch time and really put this thing away, put the team on his back. That's for sure. Allen called it in the pregame. He said, look, I, uh, it, the guy's going to come up in the clutch. He did it again. 19 points in the fourth quarter. He did what he did in game one. I didn't think we were going to see another performance where Chris Paul just dominated yeah. an entire quarter. He did it again tonight. He knew they needed him to be the closer. He came in and did it. Yeah, and I think that goes back to adjustments, right? Willie Green probably adjusted for Chris Paul in the first game, got it the second game, third game. DeAndre Aiden plays better than probably they expected him to play, which created space and created switches. Anytime Larry Nance was guarding Chris Paul, you can almost guarantee that it was a basket. He likes that matchup a lot, and we've seen that game one and now game three. Have you heard the term pigeon? No. Okay, so the guys apparently call whoever the, the mismatch they want, oh. the guy on the court's the pigeon. So I think Larry Nance tonight was the pigeon Definitely for was. I, this game and game, I mean, game one too, but I, I think it's any big trying to guard Chris Paul on the switch. <laughs> he, 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 he has that advantage, and he's going to get it done nine times out of ten, I think. So. Did you ever get switched on Chris Paul? I never had to right. guard switch <laughs> fall, Chris Paul in my life. Thankfully, I probably would have ended up on somebody's highlight. <laughs> I, cu- I, couldn't guard, or, I couldn't guard Cliff Paul. Or I, or I would go like the Jared Dudley route. Jared Dudley always said, hey, if I get switched on a quick guard, if TP ever tried to pull me out, I'm just going to foul him. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> you get the foul, you get switched back to your guy, and you, you, That's save, a good yourself, way to avoid the mess. you save yourself the embarrassment <laughs> of, of of getting your ankles broke. <laughs> That's fantastic. So Chris Paul, he had nine points coming into the fourth quarter, finished with 28 points. At one point there in the fourth, he hit four straight mid-range shots. And that was really what kind of like propelled the Suns because right before that that streak that he went on, um, who was it that? Oh, Alvarado. Alvarado, Alvarado had seven middies. straight, yeah. The and then they were just going like back and forth. It was tie game for a really long time. The Pelicans were hitting some tough shots, and it kind of seemed like the Suns just could not buy a bucket for a second there. So thankfully, Chris Paul was able to come in, do Chris Paul things down the stretch, and, and get this W for the Suns. How does a guy that looks like an extra from Pirates of the Caribbean get seven straight <laughs> for, for the Pelicans out there? Like, it came out of nowhere. Nobody expected that. Yeah. But I, I almost feel like that fueled Chris Paul, too. He's like, oh, no, we're not going down because of this guy. Like, we're going to come out. We're going to make sure to take care of business. That was, that was another all-worldly uh, thing from Chris Paul, performance from Chris Paul. And the stat, he now has the most assists with no turnovers in a two-game span, 28. Nice. I mean, he's an incredible magician with the basketball. His ability to just be pinpoint accurate on his jump shot in that mid-range is, is unlike anything we've probably seen in a long time, especially somebody of his stature, somebody as, as, as not tall as Chris is. I'm not going to sit here and say he's short, but as not tall as he may be, um, to be able to take that advantage and, and, and knock that down on the consistent basis when his team needs it is just it's tremendous. It's awesome. Fun to watch. When you're your size, you can call anybody short. All right. Everybody's short to me. Everybody's short to me. All right, guys. I think it's time to play a little game. Oh, it is time to play a little game. Uh, We're going to turn it to the mustache behind the Mac, Shane who's going to host this. Uh, Shane, uh, what's the name of this game that we're playing? Sauce or no sauce? Ah. The the premise is simple, Alan. We're going to give you the name of a sauce. You're going to tell us, is it really a sauce or Uh is it a made-up construct from our uh, producer, Shane? Okay. Look, and I'm going to preface this by saying... In my spice rack, I have a bunch of sauces, oh. so I have all the ones. Oh, no. Living up to your na- nickname. For sure. Well, I'm worried sure. now. <laughs> all right. All right. The first one. The drip, my tongue hurts, hot sauce. The drip, my tongue hurts. The drip, hot. colon, my uh-huh. tongue hurts, hot sauce. That is 
definitely a sauce. Yeah, I'm going to go real. Yeah. That's it is, a sauce. It is not a sauce. No way. That is a creation it from my mind. It should be a sauce. <laughs> it should be a sauce. And you know what? That, <laughs> if it ain't one yet, it might be soon. So oh if, if you haven't trademarked it yet, we can go in together well, on that let's one. Let's do that it. Like yeah, we might, we might need a pitch man. No, so. for sure. <laughs> All right, perfect. I got it. All right. Okay. All right, the next one, Ass Blaster Hot Sauce. 100% real in my book. I feel like... Hold I, on, Espa, you sound like you may have tried this sauce. I'm going to go real <laughs> sauce, but I want to go back to you and, and, and know why Why you're so confident in this one here. Sorry, Lindsay, no, no, you're good. overstepping. I no, of course I just, not. I have never tried it, but it sounds like, <laughs> like I worked in marketing for a brief time, yeah. and this sounds like the insanity that you'd actually put on a bottle. Okay. Yeah, I, I, I kind of feel like it's real. All right. It is real. Yes. It is 100% real. All I'm right. terrified of it. I would um, never try it. No. I don't think Give me a bottle, I'll try it on air. Okay. Like, why would you want to try something with that name? I'm so sorry, but no thank you. (laughs) I'll try anything once is the the scary part of it. Okay. All right, next one is Spicy Monkey Hot Damn Sauce. Oh, man. I don't think that one's real. I don't think so either. But I like it. Yeah, I'm going to go back to the the, the colon slash comma there. I think that's your style, so I'm going to say... I'm going to say no. I'm going to go no against sauce. both of you. I'm going to say it's a sauce. You got me. You got me, big yes. sauce. That is not a real sauce. I got it. I got the tell. I got his tell. That's what it is. All right, next right. one. Smack my ass and call me Sally. It's definitely a sauce, unfortunately, but it is a sauce. It is, uh, is that what you've tried? Must be. I've never tried that one. But uh, it, it, I mean, it sounds saucy enough. I'm, right? I'm going to trust the guess. I'm going to say it's a sauce. Lindsay's I think not. it's a sauce. Okay. Yeah. It, it is a I think sauce. It's a sauce. Yes. All right. Okay. Right so we're, we're three and one? Three and one. Okay. All right. Next one. Door blowers hot sauce. <laughs> Door blowers hot I'm, sauce. I'm going to go no. I know I preface this by saying I have a bunch of sauces, but I don't have any of these in my Me sauce either. repertoire. So I'm going to go no sauce. Same. That one's weird. Yeah. That is not a sauce. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Cool. All right. Next one. Um, where is it? Okay. The Gerber baby hot sauce. Gerber baby hot sauce. No. Is it made of Gerber no. baby? Made for it's made babies? for Gerber babies. <laughs> for Gerber. No, no chance. No, that one's not real. No way. No way. No way. <laughs> Again, it would be electric, oh, wait, shoot. though. I was counting the wrong hand. What are we, three and two We're, or three no, and we one? Only missed I one. mean, five. You've only missed one. You've only missed one. So we've gotten five? Five and one. Okay. All right, last one. Voodoo Prince Death Mamba. Yes. Yes. Yes, that is a hot sauce. For sure. Congratulations, guys. Is that the game? That is the that game. That is the game. That's we the way it. we do it around. Yeah, yeah, we'll take one loss like the Suns took the one loss in the series. Exactly. Gentlemen sweep and we'll, yeah. we'll get it moving. <laughs> there you go. Alan, thank you so much for joining us. We'll have to have you back on as soon as oh. we can. We love having you here with us. Thanks for hanging out with us yeah. at the Ainsworth, too. Thanks for having me at the Ainsworth today. It was awesome. The fan support was amazing. Glad the Suns got a win. and. It's always awesome to be able to be out here with two great professionals like you guys are and you make this really easy for me because obviously it's a little different, but uh, y'all, y'all make it real easy for me to go out here and Thanks, and talk Alan. To you, so. you can gas Thank us you up anytime. Great we appreciate prof- it. <laughs> I think he was talking about you twice <laughs> and not me no, at I'm all. definitely <laughs> looking right at all you. Right. This, this is facts. He was. Right. This is facts. <laughs> this is why he's the best hype man in basketball right there. Get it up. <laughs> totally. Well, while we say goodbye to Alan, let's take a look at some of the game by the numbers. We'll throw that graphic up. And uh, Espo, why don't you break this one down? For us. Well, look, I mean, the rebounding, the rebounding wound up only being 10 in favor of New Orleans. And usually, you look at that and you go, "Well, that's not that good." But when you're, you know, when you're where they've been, this is actually really good. I, I I'm glad to see that they've they've kind of addressed some of that issue. I think they're going to have to do better. They're going to have to at least keep up the pace they had tonight. Which yeah. is asking a lot when your center has 17 rebounds, but you're going to need to keep up the pace and keep that rebounding deficit uh, lower than it has been to keep winning in the series. Yeah, I mean, listen, progress is progress. Obviously, we want the Suns to continue to get better and get back to Suns basketball because there were moments tonight where it was like, yes, this is the Suns team that I know, that I have been used to all season long. But there were also a handful of moments in this game where it was like, okay, we're not quite back to where we started. We're not quite back to... Uh, Suns basketball that we know and that we love and appreciate, but we're we're taking steps there and without Devin Booker. So that's really all you can ask for of this team right now. Yeah, the defense wasn't 100% where you 
where you want it. Uh, it still can get better. There were pockets of, of time where you went, okay, that Suns defense and the way they played. Uh, so, but I really, Monty's rotation still, and I get it, he's trying to figure out without Devin how you do this. But Monty's rotations were a little odd mm-hmm. at times tonight, too. We get like five seconds of Bismarck Biombo. I think that was just a foul thing, right? Yeah. Like, so to avoid get picking up a foul late there, Bismarck yeah. could come in, play some real top defense, and it doesn't matter if he picks one up. But Yeah, and then Tory Craig being in late and kind of jockeying DeAndre Ayton. Mm-hmm. Even I, even the even the um, I understand Landry kind of came in and had a pretty big impact for a minute there, but even starting him in the second half over Cam Johnson, who I understand Cam had three fouls, yeah. but still we only got 11 minutes from Cam. I kind of wonder if maybe he should have kept Cam in there to start the second half and then sort of worked Landry in. Yeah, I think you probably should have taken the chance because uh, you you have to have some consistency with those guys, right? And they're mm-hmm. still trying to. To figure all that out, but uh, I just I need more out of I, I need more out of Cam Johnson. I need more out of campaign. I need more out of Jay Crowder, particularly offensively. Yeah. I'm not getting what I need. I know we had the big two in the corner in the right. fourth, but well, I need more the, out of Jay the Crowder. Devin Booker three, the Devin aka Booker, toe yeah. on the line. Yeah, well, I need I need more out of I, I need more out of Jay Crowder, and and the best thing he did tonight was get Jackson Hayes thrown out of the game. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, and, and that was by simply taking a cheap shot, but but they're in he's in the Pelicans head. That's part of what Jay Crowder does. Is yeah. he annoys teams. He gets in, in opponents heads. He obviously is there with the Pelicans, but he's becoming a liability, well not becoming. He's been a liability uh, at least on the offensive of the floor in these three games. The Suns can't get where they need to go if Jay Crowder isn't the guy that he was last year, and if Campaign isn't at least in part the guy that he was last year. But I think what you're going to see is we're going to get a big campaign game in these next two. I hope so. I really, really do hope so because offensively we need something off the bench. Like we have to have some offensive contributions from that bench unit, especially right now if Cam Johnson continues to start in Devin's absence. I mean, tonight off the bench, without JaVale McGee, it was just five points from Landry Shamit and three from Campaign. Yeah, and it wasn't it wasn't pretty from those two guys. They were combined three of uh, of twelve, yeah. and Landry did uh, did all of his damage in a two minute span. Mm-hmm. He had a massive dunk, which uh, which we'll get to, and then uh, which was an end one and a and a jumper that he hit. There uh, and that was it. I mean, it was all it was all in a real quick span. There, they need more. And the, and the bench, we talked, we thought this was the deepest team in the NBA at one point. The bench yeah. is failing, and Tory Craig in particular. He's gone MIA. This is back-to-back games that he had no points. Plays ten minutes, gives you no points. That can't happen. They need more out of these guys. They need the, the fringe rotation guys to step up and do something. Right, which we knew, okay, we knew that last year's Tory Craig was above and beyond his yes. his average as an NBA player. But I still expect more than zero points a game from him, regardless of how many point of how many minutes he plays, unless we're talking Bismack Biombo seconds, right? Even yeah. in ten minutes I expect Tory Craig to at least be able to get two, four, six points. You know what I mean? Yeah. But, but a big fat zero is no great. Anything. I mean, you, if, if he or Jay hits hits a three, you know, at any point, it gives you that extra breathing room that makes that takes us from, uh, you know, uncomfortable late in the fourth to, okay, we got this covered. It's it's that's the margin of error right now. It's mm-hmm. very slim. It's you know, it's one or two shots, and if these guys hit them, you're in a better place. I mean, it's not it's not rocket science. I'm not breaking any. Uh, any news to anybody here that if their bench can hit a few shots, it's good for them. <laughs> Dennis with the super chat, thank you so much, said the role players need to step up. Cam Johnson, campaign, Tory Craig. Shots just are not dropping for them. Credit to A.M., Paul McGee, Crowder, Mikel needed this game. I'm glad you can see the chat because I can see absolutely nothing <laughs> I got uh, on you. the screen. I got you. Um, can we go back to uh, that... Uh, uh, Jackson Hayes 
No. Uh, yes. <laughs> attempted tackle, whatever you want to call it. I, I think borderline assault. I mean, there's a lot of things you could I'll call I'll be honest, that one kind of caught me by surprise. I didn't expect him to go, like, crazy mode. Look, he was he was frustrated after he got dunked on by Shamit. I'm sure Jay's been in his ear all series, and and some young guys can't handle that. Mm-hmm. It gets in their head, they they get frustrated, and they snap like that. And and that's what a veteran team can, can do to a younger team, and that's what we've got going on here with the Suns versus Pelicans. There's a lot of youth on that Pelicans team, and you, know, you get in those high-pressure situations, and sometimes it's just too much. And I think that's what happened with Jackson Hayes. He just snapped at the wrong time. Uh, and I mean, he could have seriously hurt Jay. It was a, it was an immense cheap shot yeah, that he that took Yeah, that wasn't on cool. Him. And he could have gotten really hurt by Jay if uh, if his teammates hadn't stopped him because Jay was pretty upset with how uh, how cheap that shot was. All right, I have a proposition. Uh, that sounds dangerous. Um, a a uh, request, if you will, to petition to implement a small retaliation rule. Ooh. I'm so all So for hear this. me out, okay? I don't think that you should, if somebody does so, okay, let me break this down. Here's how my, it goes. You are allowed to either clap back verbally or get one small push. Like, not a push that would harm somebody. So, like, no pushes from the back, obviously. But, like, a small, like, shove to the shoulders, right? Before you get a tech if the foul that was committed on you is bad enough to get tossed. So if the refs toss the player, like we saw tonight with Jackson Hayes, if he gets tossed, Jay Crowder doesn't get a tech for uh, continuing, what is it, what's the? Continuing the fight? Yeah, but what does he get a tech for? Yeah, retaliation. I thought there was something specific that they called it. Um, I, I, but yeah, so if he gets tossed, you don't get a tech for that, for the for the first offense, right? Now, if Jay was, like, yelling at him, cussing at him, shoving him, and then continuing to do it, then that's too much. You just get one. So this is the Lindsey Smith rule? I think it's good, right? I, I like it, but I'd go a step further. The ESPO rule would be hockey rules. Okay. You get, you get a fight until a guy hits the ground. Then the refs stop it. Otherwise... Good to go as long as it doesn't spill in the crowd between those two guys only. <laughs> I That's mean, the Espo rule. That one is far more intense than mine because at least in hockey, you've got some padding. Uh, most guys have like a legit like mask over their face, not just a helmet. You you want viewership to go so, up? There's a way to get viewership yeah, to go up. but I don't want people to get like badly hurt. Well, I'm talking about being able to mouth off at somebody or just give them a little shove, you know? I, hey. If they're going to do what Jackson <laughs> Hayes did, you're, you're asking for it. Oh, it's, my god! It's no holds bar at that point. I mean, to be fair, I did work for a few years in hockey. I, I did get a little <laughs> used to being able to just be like, drop the gloves. I, I don't think pulling the jersey <laughs> over the head would work as well in the NBA, though, as it does in, in hockey. So That's true. All right. Our friend Patrick in the chat said, I need some advice. I live in L.A. and need to decide when my one postseason trip to Phoenix is going to be when should I come? What say you, Espo? Uh, Mr. Muldowney, I think you should come for the championship parade in uh, late June. That's when you should should come and hang out on Central with the rest of us. Uh, but if you're looking for an actual game, uh, I would I would wait till the Western Conference Finals. I think you're going to see some good basketball. And if things trend the way that they uh, started to tonight, I think uh, there's a good chance that they'll be there. There you go. That's your answer. He also asked us to, and I believe this was because of a comment made uh, by Draymond Green that was a no disrespect to Chris Paul, but I'm about to disrespect Chris Paul and say the best two players um, are on the Pelicans. Is that, what, do you recall that? In what world, though? Like, in what world are Brandon Ingram and CJ McCollum? Better than Chris Paul, the greatest to uh, one of the greatest to ever do it in uh, in at his position. Like I don't understand the, the recency bias and fascination with Ingram and McCollum in that way. Chris Paul has dictated this series. He's taken over the clutch time twice. Games one and game three were won by Chris Paul. Right. And Brandon Ingram won game two. Mm-hmm. The, Chris Paul is the best player 
in this series. DeAndre Ayton has the chance to be number two. Brandon Ingram and CJ McCollum, great players. They can split nice three players. without Chris Paul. Yeah. We'll give you that. But you can split three, but that's it. No, that's you're, all you you're get. not better than Chris Paul. I don't <laughs> care if Draymond says it. I don't care if Barkley says it. I don't care if Michael Jordan says it. It ain't true. Uh, the two best players in, in this series now aren't in New Orleans. Yeah, I just, I mean, like. What's the fascination with doing that, too? I don't know. And Chris Paul is like, like, how are you going to be, how are you going to throw shade to Chris Paul right now, of all people? If anything, as an older veteran player in this league, Draymond should be rooting for a guy like Chris Paul to win it all if it's not his team. Yeah. Well, I understand not rooting for him to beat your team, don't get me wrong. But if it's not his team, wouldn't you want a guy like Chris Paul who's been so instrumental for this game and just done such amazing things to get a championship to solidify his career based off of this idea that it's a championship or your career was a waste? Well, and, and we were sat here, we were told, Devin Booker can't be MVP because this team has far too much talent on it. Mm -hmm. They're too good, and Devin isn't good. That means CP3 was good enough to not make Devin Booker an MVP candidate. That means you know DeAndre Ayton was good enough to force him out of that conversation. How all of a sudden, now that Devin Booker is there, is everybody else just, oh, they're not that good on this team now? Like, it's, it, it's circular logic. It makes absolutely no sense. And the Suns just use it as fuel, as usual, and they did it again tonight. Yeah, you know, I think it just goes back to that thing of, like, it, it just is one of those things that the Suns' goalposts are always moving yes. constantly, no matter what. And, you know, I'm sure a lot of people don't want the Suns to win the championship, and that's fine. But we do want the Suns to win a championship. And tonight made me feel a lot better. Um, I'm not going to lie. Uh, in, in the middle of the third quarter, I texted Gerald, and I said, Gerald, the other day in game two, after we lost, I wasn't feeling any type of way. I was fine. I, I wasn't about, I wasn't going to melt down. I, I didn't have this like crisis mode come into my gut and my soul. I was like, but I'm not going to lie right now. I feel like I'm, I'm feeling that. Can you please talk me off the lead? He's like, don't. He's like, text me in 12 minutes, okay? <laughs> text me in 12 minutes, okay? You, you forgot the Bookman rule. I did, I when did. When you have CP3 or Devin Booker, everything's going to be all right in the clutch. <laughs> Everything was all right tonight. Again, they won a game where they led after three quarters. Yeah. I, I feel like we're at a point where if they're up after three, I'm not going to let anything at the beginning of the fourth bother me too much. Mm -hmm. It's pretty much a, a fait accompli at that point. Yeah, and thankfully... They got the W. Things are back um, close to the right track, at least. I wouldn't closer. say fully on track, but we're closer to back on track for this Suns team. And hopefully we get another really good performance on Sunday from them. Come home with a, a three-game lead here in the Suns, or up 3-1 with this series, and then close it out here at home yeah. uh, in five. Can we talk about the fans in New Orleans? Some of yeah, what was going on there. Yeah, so go ahead. I just, uh, Gerald reported that they were uh, chanting, was it you suck? Uh, no, so it was a couple things that Gerald had reported in the fourth quarter. So the first thing, oh, are you trying to get me to drop an F-bomb, Espo? I see what you're doing. Good no, try, good try. <laughs> you can paraphrase it. Okay, it, so first. you, Chris Paul. <laughs> so first. Gerald reported that there was a camera operator who was yelling obscene things at Chris Paul, and he capitalized the word obscene, so I'm guessing it was pretty aggressive. It must have been really bad. And this camera operator was obviously near Media Row, where a lot of the media members sit if Gerald is able to hear him say that. And then shortly after, he was saying that the crowd out there started an F.U. Chris Paul chant to end the game. I don't think that's cool. Well, I don't get it either, because Chris Paul... Loves loves New Orleans, has a very has an affinity for that city. Obviously, played for them uh, when they were the Hornets. Went through Hurricane Katrina and mm -hmm. had to move to Oklahoma City and back with them. Like he has a very special place uh, in his heart for that city, and they bizarrely do that. I get it. He's beating your team, but you have to go to that go to that place. I don't know. It just seems a little weird. Yeah. 
it just seems like this, like this, all that to end out a game where things got a little bit chirpy. Obviously, Hayes had a, a dirty play, and then um, who was it in game one that we were questioning? Herbert Jones. Yes, Herbert Jones. Jones. Thank you. That, I was like, that, who was it in game one? Shoulder hop. Weird yeah, thing. yeah, 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 yeah. With DA. That's yeah. right. Um, it just kind of is like, hold on. Now I'm now I'm second guessing. I saw a lot of people on Twitter being like, this Pelicans team, like some of them seem a little bit out of control or a little bit overly emotional in these situations. I hope uh, Willie is able to kind of reel them in. I'm tired of our guys catching blows to the head, accidental or not. <laughs> right? Or purposeful, whatever. Yeah. Whatever the case may be. <laughs> Yeah, I I just I don't get that kind of stuff. But you know what it means? What it says to me? Not only are the Suns in the Pelicans players' heads, they're in the fans' heads too. Because what? that's right. the way we used to feel certain ways about the Spurs, about the Lakers, about all these teams that we knew were better than us in the end. And I think that's what's going on here too. Is they look at Chris Paul and they go, "Well, crap." There's no way you're stopping that when he gets like that. So we're going to lash out because we're frustrated Mm -hmm. about it. So at least that's a positive that they've uh, turned the fans on. Is this true? Andrew in the shot said, if F word hurt your feelings, you suck. It doesn't hurt my feelings, and I'm pretty sure it doesn't hurt Chris Paul's feelings. I just think it's a little bit crappy to do that to a guy who played for your franchise. And I don't know, did... Were there bad? Was there bad blood between them Not at all? That I'm aware of. So I don't know. I just think that's kind of messed up. That's all. I'll say that the F word hurts my feelings, Lindsay, I mean. when you don't say it. So. <laughs> Aspo, would a tramp stamp make it all better? I think the chat's this trying to get you to true. get a tramp stamp. Uh, Philip is already donating five dollars to officially start the Espo gets a Larry O'Brien lower back tattoo fund. Is that if they win? Because I'm not going to get a reminder of all the pain uh, if if they don't win. I'll tell you this: if Frank Kaminsky serves 30 points in the playoffs, I'll get a tattoo. <laughs> Fine. If we- Landry Shamit. If Landry Shamit drops 30 in a, in a finals game, I'll get the Larry O'Brien tramp stamp. That is an Espo guarantee. For wow. Me. You wouldn't even just give him any playoff game? Nope. I'm going to say in, in the finals. and So you're playing it safe, I, I've now made it where Saul has to root for Landry Shamit in the finals. <laughs> so I found the loophole to make him root for Landry Shamit. I love that. That's you're amazing. welcome, chat. You're welcome. Yeah, that's awesome. Well, we'll see. I mean, hopefully, fingers crossed for Landry. Listen. If we were, if we needed a 30-piece from Landry in the finals and he came through and he did it, you de- he deserves. You'd get one, too, No, I would saying? say you, he deserves to have you get a tattoo no, in no, honor of that. Nobody deserves to have me get a tattoo with anything in reference to them. That is not good in any way. I mean, fair, but you know what I mean. You know what I mean. Um, Tracy said, if he gets one, I get all mine. I will not speak to anything. That is a personal discuss- discussion, and I, uh, okay. I, I I ask that you all respect my privacy in these <laughs> challenging times. <laughs> she brought it up. <laughs> That's fantastic. <laughs> all right, Espo, we are going to take a quick break because I got to tell the people about OG's brand. So stop by your local dispensary and grab some amazing scratch-made THC gummies from our friends at OG's. They just announced their new mini OGs, three milligram microdose options for those that may not want to dive right into the regular 10 milligram uh, gummies. Uh, These will be available on May 3rd. They have amazing flavors like orange creamsicle, tropical, and watermelon. If you are interested in trying the amazingly delicious variety of flavors that OGs Brands has to offer, go to ogsbrands.com. That's O-G-E-E-Z brands.com to find OGs near you. You know why they're doing the microdose, right? They know that I'm too big of a uh, of a wimp to go all in on the 10. So they're like, we gotta give an Espo size three milligram <laughs> here. And uh, so so thank you to our friends at OGs for taking care of me. I mean, honestly, Espo, you're not the only one. I've heard so many people talk about like, um, when they try edibles for the first time, they always take like a small bite or they cut it into like take one gummy, 
cut it in half, cut it into fours, just just to learn what their body likes and doesn't like. I'm just glad Saul warned me because I would have gone right in like a bag of Sour Patch Kids. That's I've true. probably been on my ass for a week. So That is true. So uh, we just got an update from Gerald Borgeo, who will hopefully be joining us here shortly. He has talked with Monty, Chris Paul, JaVale McGee. He's waiting on DeAndre Ayton right now. And then hopefully he will be able to join us on the show. But in the meantime... Espo, are you ready for some screenshots? Let's screenshot it. All right, it's time for some screenshots presented by Arizona Department of Health Services. COVID-19 vaccines are free for everyone five and older. Those 12 and older are also now eligible for a booster. Visit azhealth.gov for a location near you. Here are some of our favorite moments from tonight's game. Do you want to start? Sure. I don't remember what I gave. Oh, yeah, that's right. It's the pigeon, one Larry Nance Jr. This was uh, from our friend Josh Hunt. On Twitter, he did the Photoshop work, and I liked it so much. I said, let's steal it for the show. So it's uh, Larry Nance Jr.'s head on a pigeon. I loved that Alan Williams had never heard it because Jay Crowder had me believing that. It the, was like a thing. Yeah. For, uh, like, it's always been a thing yeah. for all the teams. Yeah. Same. Like, and I was like, oh, man, I'm an idiot. I never heard this term. Well, guess what? Neither had Big Sauce. So yeah. I didn't ask him the other term. I thought that would be a little <laughs> crass. I mean, his family was here, I suppose. So that's probably a good I move. I know. That was probably a good move. Um, my pick was, of course, Alan Williams being on the show. Because I thought that was really well, that cool. That didn't look like Alan Williams. Oh, sorry. <laughs> was there another Was there another one that you would pick, too? We could start with the other one. All right. We'll start with the other one. The Landry Shamit dunk. That was pretty. It was, it was unbelievable. I mean... That, he baptized a man live on television there. I mean, this place absolutely erupted after that dunk. Like, the whole crowd was into it. And then when they went back and replayed it and gave us a few different angles on the broadcast, it sounded, the cheers were just as loud the second time around. Yeah, well, and I think the crowd there uh, inhaled as if uh, they were uh, at a 420 party because they were like, <gasps> it was, uh, they, you could tell even they had a visceral reaction to what Landry Shamit did. And I think that's what really set Jackson Hayes off to start yeah. was that he got embarrassed like that. Right, because it was shortly after that he did yeah. get tossed. But listen, like, if you're going to go up and try and block somebody, you have to know that regardless of what percentage you think it is in your head, the opportunity to get just yammed on is there. Oh, I mean, you are making that's a, a risk. business. Yeah. That's a business decision. It is. When he went up to get to try to block that, he knew that he was either going to be in the business of stopping a dude or being on posters. Yep. I know they don't make posters anymore, but kids, that's what we used to call it. When a guy got dunked on like that, they made a giant paper representation of it that you hung on your walls. And, uh, yeah, Jackson Hayes got embarrassed. Yeah, no, I'm not sure if we have the photo, but we tweeted it out, and we've got some really fun photos from the Ainsworth on our social media. Um, Alan Williams coming through, the fans coming through. It was so much fun to hang out here once again at the Ainsworth in downtown Phoenix for a watch party. These things seem like they just... Well, it's obvious. They keep getting bigger and better every single time we're down here at the Ainsworth. And it's been so much fun. I mean, like I said, Alan Williams coming through. Everybody here, like we had Alan Williams jerseys in the house. People asking for pictures and autographs of him. Veronica, who's been at all of our uh, all of our watch parties, uh, Sun's Tutu fan, you yeah. may know her as. She was telling us she has 15 Alan Williams jerseys. That's I don't know. insane. I don't know if that's good, bad, indifferent, but Alan was very impressed that she was wearing the one that said Big Sauce on the back of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she's she is like the ultimate Suns fan. Like, and I love who she she supports every single player on this team, obviously, yeah. but she always has a fan favorite um, on the team who is like that. It's it's that Alan Williams guy, right? The guy who is going to bring you a ton of energy, who's going to make things really fun, who's going to always be in the community. I love that she always finds whoever that is on any of these Suns team and really hypes them up and gives them credit where credit is due. Because you know that sometimes sometimes they don't get enough flowers. I mean, who doesn't you on the Suns team? You give them mo- more than enough, usually. From me, but that's the, I'm trying to make up for all the flowers they're not getting <laughs> elsewhere. 
Uh, but I do really love that and appreciate that about her. I, I had I had somebody Lindsay Smith me tonight. A couple people actually. Lindsay what does that Smith. mean? It means they stopped me and said, I'm a really big fan <laughs> and I I really love the show. I had one guy say, I'm your biggest fan. I said, well, that's kind of sad for you. No, I love that uh, for you. Also, that's awesome. <laughs> so there are two people that like me, uh, despite what the chat likes to say. So. <laughs> you guys can gas us up anytime. <laughs> like, uh, just just gas us up. There it it helps, it helps save us. Here's Look at that. Look Yay, at that. there you go. Look at that. I am, uh, once again, the least talented person in that picture, but I'm glad to be a part of it. I mean, it depends on what we're talking about, Espo, because if we're talking about... Good puns, good dad jokes. You're definitely not the least talented well, in that photo. That's a sad thing to be most talented. <laughs> I'm in, just so messing with I'll, you. I'll take it. I'm just messing with you. All right, Espo, we are just a few minutes away from hearing from Gerald Bourget. He is currently talking with DeAndre. And in the meantime, what else stood out to you from tonight's game that you think deserves some attention? Look, Alan mentioned it at the beginning of the show, but I think it needs to be said again. DeAndre Ayton deserves his money. Mm-hmm. DeAndre Ayton steps up in big opportunities. DeAndre Ayton, when he gets more than six shots in a game, does some damn good things, all right? DeAndre Ayton is the kind of guy that will solidify and anchor your defense for the next decade and will be able to do things offensively when put in the right situation to do it that have an impact on a game. So DeAndre Ayton continues to prove his value on on this team. And I get it. People go, well, what about game two? What about the entire team in game two? It wasn't as if it was just DeAndre Ayton that had an off game, but he only got six shots. When Monty trusts DeAndre Ayton and goes to him, he winds up getting results. DeAndre Ayton deserves a tip of the cap tonight and deserves to get a hell of a big bag this summer uh, from the Suns. Did he have six attempts last game? Six attempts. Six attempts compared to tonight, he had 20. Yeah. That, that's a that's a huge difference. And you see good things. I mean, 28 points on those attempts, 17 boards. He was active on, on both ends. And without him, there is no Chris Paul no. doing things the way he does because they would have been too far out of the game for Chris Paul to take over. DeAndre Ayton was the guy that anchored three quarters of this game. Yeah. Uh, if it were a relay race, he took care of the first part, and Chris Paul took that baton in the fourth to take it home. But DeAndre Ayton continually steps up when it's most important. I don't care if, you know, in game 63, he, he may be a little lackadaisical. When it comes to the playoffs, this man continues to step up and do everything that Monty Williams asks of him. And I think we're going to see his... Uh, is we're going to see his masterpiece over the next few games without Devin Booker because they need him to do that. Mm-hmm. And depending on how Willie Green tries to adjust, uh, I think that they're not going to be able to stop him. I mean, Allen suggested they just play the same way against him in game four and say, prove it. And I think DeAndre Ayton will more than prove it if that's the case. He'll go out there and do exactly what you saw him do tonight, and the Suns will come back. Uh, with a chance to close it out if that's the way that New Orleans decides to play defense on. So Eric in the chat said Espo deserves the max. I agree. I'll retweet that. Much less uh, money when it's in (laughs) broadcasting, I'll tell you that. This is fact. Uh, Charles said transition defense improved tonight. I agree with that. I still think it can get a little bit better, but I do think it improved. Matthew said JaVale McGee made some clutch inside shots, too. And that is also true. I feel like JaVale had a good amount of energy tonight. He was able to take advantage of some things that the Pelicans were throwing at him tonight. Finished with 15 points, uh, three rebounds, and a steal. And he had that unbelievable reverse dunk yeah, that was at a, one that point. That was pretty. Look, it was the Suns' big men that took it to New Orleans mm-hmm. in those first three quarters. I loved it. It was aggressive. <laughs> they took care of business. And it was an adjustment because we hadn't seen that in the first two games. It wasn't It wasn't that. And with the Suns shooting as poorly as they did from three-point range, well, I mean, at one point they were shooting 15%. Look at this. That's what they finished I mean, they with, finished 15.4. Without the big men doing it inside, this is, a, this is an ugly, ugly game. The fact that they shot 15.4% from the three-point line but still finished at 50.6% from the field blows my mind. Well, and think about this. DeAndre Ayton had 25% of the three-point makes tonight. <laughs> That's true. 
You're not wrong. He made four threes tonight. And four. DA had one of them. That's insanity. And the thing is, is that, like, I don't think that will stay either. It can't. The, There's, the, there, it, yeah, right? It's got to swing the other way at some point. We have, we have not seen the Sun play anywhere near peak Suns basketball. No. The first two quarters in game one were close, but we have yet to see them pull that off completely. And the pendulum will swing. Yeah. They will have a game where they hit 40-some-odd percent of their threes, and that may be the game where we see them blow the doors off the Pelicans. Bro, if they just shoot 25% from oh, three, yeah. this is a whole different yeah. ball game. I mean, It's yeah. a whole different ball game if they just shoot 10% better. And it's not as if they've been bad looks either. They've gotten good looks from beyond the arc. It's just about converting them, hitting them. Uh, and, and it's again, it's guys like Jay Crowder, Corey Craig, Landry Shaman, even Cam Johnson to a certain extent, yeah. finding their rhythm. And these are guys that we know can do it. I mean, Cam Johnson was one of the top three-point shooters uh, through most of the year. This is fact. It's just about finding that rhythm. And it's one of those things where if you hit one or two in a row, all of a sudden you get that rhythm, you get that confidence. Too. It's a mental thing at this point. Yeah, absolutely. So I feel like that's going to turn around here pretty soon. Like yeah. like Gerald likes to say, the the law of averages, yep. right? Well, speaking of Gerald. Oh. Hold on. Bef before we bring Gerald in, I have to say this. Happy Girthday, everybody. Oh, my it's gosh. Girth Day. You need to wish her. We've got we've got an hour and a half left in Girth Day, and we needed to make sure we wish it. We had to show Gerald's reaction. Gerald, happy Girth Day, my friend. <laughs> He's got his hand to his forehead That's like, ay vey. Go ahead, say it, Gerald, say it. Happy Girth Day, everyone. Oh, that's not what I was thinking. I can barely hear Gerald. I thought you were um, going to say, oh, no. That's what I was expecting. I wasn't expecting an oh, no from Gerald there. <laughs> Gerald. I'm sorry, guys. I'll let you down. How, <laughs> how was it out there tonight? It was good. Uh, it was a very hostile environment, obviously. Um, I don't know if you guys saw, but there were some uh, F Chris Paul chants that broke out here in the arena, which was kind of wild considering you know, what he's done for this franchise and the city and the love that they have for each other. But both Paul agreed after the game, um, you know, that was a select few. That was the minority, not, you know, the way that this city really does feel about him. It wasn't emblematic of the way that this city treats Chris Paul. So I think it was just, uh, you know, it was a Friday night and these people have been at French Quarter Fest for probably most of the day. So I think there might have been a little bit uh, liquid courage on that one. but. Um, obviously this was a gutsy win, not as quite as, um, dominant as I think we were hoping for to see from this, but you know what? They shot four for 26 from three and still found a way to win the game without Devin Booker. I think you take that win and you go into game four with a lot more confidence. Yeah, Gerald, we were talking about, you know, you always say the law of averages at some point in time, the shots are going to start falling and this is going to look like a completely different game for the Suns, even without Devin Booker, if some of those shots fall. Um, I know you talked with Monty. What were his thoughts on tonight's game? Yeah, you know, he mentioned the word resolve, especially, you know, after that third quarter and after Jay Crowder took that shot from Jackson Hayes, he really felt that, you know, he told the guys in the huddle, we can't waver right now. We have to stay strong in what we're doing. And he felt that they responded to that really well. Um, and, you know, obviously having Chris Paul being able to take over, and I think there was a stretch where he hit, four straight mid-range shots in a row that obviously really helps but just the way that deandre ayton was able to keep them afloat in the first half the way that they were able to hit shots jay crowder hit that big corner shot that was uh, a foot on the line three um but they they got enough out of their core guys when they needed to to pull out a win here on the road did uh, did monty say anything about that jackson hayes moment and it seemed like that kind of fired up this team and, and kind of woke them up a bit in this game. Yeah, he said, look, as a man, like you, you need to stand up for yourself at times. He said he didn't see the hit. His coaching staff told him that it was the type of hit that you don't want to see in basketball in general. Um, so I think he knew that it was kind of a cheap shot, which it absolutely was for anyone who's seen the replay. Um, but, you know, he and a lot of the guys said that you know, not just their resolve that they had, but JaVale McGee and DA said, like, those type of things get us going. Uh, I think it was JaVale that referenced Cam Johnson when he got into it with Julius Randle 
and then went and dropped 38 a career high and hit the game winner in that game. Um, you know, JaVale McGee said, I wouldn't recommend it to teams that do things like that because it does get them going. Um, and I, I think that was the case here tonight. Who stood out more to you tonight, Gerald? Actually, you know what? I don't like the way that I phrased that question. Give flowers to both Chris Paul and DeAndre. <laughs> yeah, DA was huge. He had a playoff career high 21 in the first half. He had 28 for the game. He was super efficient, obviously. Um, and he, he was just dominating on in on the interior like they had to take Jonas Jonas Valanciunas out for the last four minutes of the game because he couldn't stay with him and DA was able to stay on the floor despite the Pelicans going with Larry Nance who's more of a small ball of five a guy who can spread the floor a little bit um, and DA said he takes pride in being able to stay on the floor in those situations and not be played off the floor um, he was just incredible you know the, the Suns needed someone to pick up the scoring load especially in that first half that that Booker has been doing and he did it amazingly. And then Chris Paul, you know, you just can't say enough about what he does in the fourth quarter. In a close game like this, he's just able to get to his spots. He knows where to get and how to get there. It doesn't matter who's on him. He was really good at attacking the Larry Nance mismatches again tonight. Um, and he's the reason that they were able to pull this out despite the Suns not shooting well, despite, you know, guys like Jay Crowder and Landry Shamit missing seemingly every shot in sight. They were still able to pull it out because of those two. What what was the reaction from Monty, from uh, everybody else uh, that you talked to, DA, about what Chris Paul did? Because we now have seen that in two of the three games where Chris Paul just takes over the fourth quarter. Uh, it's becoming a, uh, somewhat of a, a an expected now, I think, rather than being so impressive at what he's able to do. Yeah, Monty always says, you know, he appreciates it, but he doesn't take it for granted, and that was kind of a similar uh Monteism for the night you know he told the guys after the game we can't happy on the farm but I, I think there's just a great appreciation for his ability to take over in a game like this on the road in a building he used to play in a lot of the time uh, um, hostile environment and just take over when Devin Booker is not there um, you know we, we talk a lot about how efficient Devin Booker is in the clutch Chris Paul's right up there with him too and he showed that again tonight. JaVale McGee compared it to playing chess, just the way that he's able to pick out his spots, get his spots. Um, and DA actually said that, or Chris Paul said that DA told him in the first half, like, I'm going to get you going. I'm going to free you up with this half that I'm having. And then in the second half, he told him to stop passing the ball so much and start shooting. So <laughs> I guess in this, I guess in this series, we just need a teammate to tell Chris Paul to start shooting. And that's what will happen in the fourth. Or a former teammate. Right. <laughs> Whoever, whoever it is, that's all it is. Gerald, how are the beignets? I haven't had them yet. That'll be tomorrow. Didn't have time today, but tomorrow. You're failing me. I gave you one assignment, and you apparently didn't understand. So. <laughs> but, by the way, we talked with Alan Williams here post game, and he said he's never heard the term pigeon. So you're going to need to tell Jay Crowder, apparently, it's not as well known of a basketball term as he thinks it I is. I think he lied to us, Gerald. He, he very well could have. It could be a Sun-specific thing that they don't want to get out, but who knows? Um, I do have a couple questions for you because on our gambles in the pregame show, we had you at under one and a half Hurricanes, right? Yes. So, Did we win that gamble or have we lost? Have you had more than one and a half Hurricanes or less in your time there? I've had, I've had one, but I have been working. Tomorrow is more of an off day, so we'll see what mark we hit tomorrow. So the, so the bed hit tonight, but after tomorrow, <laughs> it's a whole nother story. <laughs> Ger Gerald, this place is literally about to turn into a Latin nightclub, so I think we're going to have to let you go before uh, before that happens because I can't handle strobe lights is what I'm trying to say. That's fine. Yeah, I, I think the people of the building, the employees here, would probably appreciate that. <laughs> so, go enjoy yourself, Gerald. All right, have a good night, guys. Obviously, as of course, for more on Gerald and uh, all of the fun stuff that he heard from the players and Monty tonight, be sure to head on over to gophnx.com. He'll be writing articles all weekend long uh, for us over at gophnx.com. So become a member today if you haven't. And also, just a quick reminder, if you become a member, depending on which option you choose, you can also get a t-shirt of your choice from our locker absolutely free. Like the Valley Sickos That's uh, right. shirt that we just dropped or the uh, Point God shirt that I'm rocking tonight. But we have a lot of our best shirts are signed. Shirts, let's just say it. 
Well, I mean, yeah. I don't. I, I don't care what the, given. the coyotes crew likes to try to lie to the, to the good people. We don't do that here. We shoot it to you straight. Yeah. Go pick up one of the sun shirts. They're spectacular. That was... and, and there's a new Diamondbacks one that's coming that you like too. Ooh, you that. that's fun. New Diamondbacks for a new season. Look, look at that. There's the Valley Sickle on the screen. That screaming gorilla as the O is just spectacular. Yeah, that was a great addition um, from our guy Eric. So shout out to him. Plus we got point guard t-shirts in the house. So Check it out. If, if you're already a member and you want to pick up one of these uh, T-shirts, just head over to phnxlocker.com and you can get them all there. Espo, thank you so much for hanging out with me and enjoying some time and some good food and beverages down here at the Ainsworth. Thank you guys for tuning in. We appreciate you as always. Yeah, make sure to join us out here for Game 4 on Sunday night, pre- and post-game show, plus the live game watch out here at the Ainsworth. You literally can see Footprint Center right across the street to come out here on Sunday. It was a good time tonight. It'll be an even better time on Sunday because yep. I'm, uh, you know, we'll, we'll, have a, we'll have a fun time. And a little bit, we'll have a little bit more good vibes, good feelings going into that one. It won't be so do or die, I don't think. <laughs> Maybe a little bit, Maybe but it just, bit. It'll, it'll feel more like we're going to be successful in the do part, not the die part. Um, we got to hurry up because I need to go dance to <laughs> some Despacito. All right? If you are not able to join us in person, don't worry. We'll be right here with a live stream for you guys, both pregame and postgame. Pregame live stream will start at 6 p.m. And uh, until then, you can follow me on Twitter at LindsaySmithAZ. You can follow Gerald at Gerald Bourget. And of course, you can follow Espo at Espo. Hey, yo, my lifestyle is retro. Tell the Phoenix Metro. Megas in control. I'm just going to pause long see if we get some. No, no music. I, I'm just going to say, look, if you like the sauce, I'm going to always on the job. My team move like the mob. Turn the beat on. I throw it down like DA on the live.